This is a millennial production. Since podcast episode four, and I am your humble host, Evan James, and we are ready to rock. And man, hold up, man. You know what? T- turn the music down, man. Turn the music down. Turn the music down. <sighs> I'm a little down right now, man, because my Cowboys, man, they uh, <laughs> we're having such a good year this year, man, and uh. We got our asses whipped last. Well, was it last yesterday? Yesterday evening. I mean, to be honest, if you watch, if you look at the rec, if you look at the the score, it didn't look like too bad of a of a beat down. But if you watched it, if you were watching the game, it was terrible, man. We didn't they didn't allow us to do anything. We didn't score no touchdowns. It was all field goals. It was a bad bad game. Dak got sacked like five or six times. Um, uh, C.D. Lamb went down with a concussion, didn't return in the second half. Amari Cooper didn't play because he's got COVID. Uh, Tyron Smith is hurt again, right on schedule. Uh, it's just you know injuries. There were some uh, there were some calls, questionable calls, but we didn't play good, man. Uh, Dak threw two interceptions. It was just a bad game. But our rookie Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons, he balled out. Like no matter how. No matter what, no matter how our team plays as a unit, good or bad, Michael Parsons is going to get his. He is a beast. He's probably going to get uh, rookie defensive player of the year. I'm I'm expecting him to get that. If he don't get it, I think I I think it'll be a, a robbery. But yeah, man, we we didn't look good yesterday. Uh, I'm not too I'm not really too worried about it. That's only our third loss. For the most part of this year, we've looked really really good and dominant. Yesterday, we just didn't show up to play. But, you know, uh, Thanksgiving is in a couple of days or three three days. So hopefully we can turn around and beat the Raiders ass. Sorry, Ben. That's my homie. He's a big Raiders fan. I got a few Raiders fans that are friends with me and in my family. But hopefully we, we whoop y'all's ass. We got to make a turnaround. Um, I know you guys are going through it too. Like three losses in a row, I believe. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, man, I'm just – I'm a little down about that. But we'll be all right. Um, one thing I want to talk about, man, I want to – I want to say RIP to Young Dolph. Um, sad man, it's sad. Uh, I um, I can't really call myself a huge Dolph fan because I didn't really listen to his music like that. From what I've heard of him, I you know I fuck with his music. His music was good, but I'm not a huge fan like that. To where I'm like, you know what I mean? But um. It's sad what happened to him, man. Dude was literally walking into a, like a community store, not I mean a store in the community to buy cookies, right? And then somebody pulls up in a white, I think a two-door Benz, and they run past his car and they start lighting him up. They start shooting through the store, killing him. And it's it's crazy because it happened in Memphis, right? And he's from Memphis. And it's 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 Boosie said it. A while ago, he was like, it's crazy how all rappers 
they get killed, they end up getting killed in their own city. And, you know, at first, when you think about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. You would think the people from their city would have the most love and you would be the most protected in your city. But that's not how it is. And once you think about it even more, it starts to make it. Don't, it, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense to get killed like that. The senseless violence, it doesn't make any sense. But when you think about it, it's like if I'm from Atlanta, right? And I grow up in Atlanta. I go to school in Atlanta. I got a lot of friends in Atlanta. I've had my 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 enemies and my friends from Atlanta over the years, and you know people I've beef with over the years. You know what I'm saying? People that see me from nothing to grow to something, um, from rags to riches. But then, you, and I'm from Atlanta, right? I make it big, and then I like if I go to a different city, like I'm, if I'm in Philly or New York or any other city that I didn't grow up in. People look at me in those cities as the celebrity because before I before I became a celebrity, nobody knew who the hell I was. All they know me is as the celebrity, the the big rap star, Young Dolph. You know what I'm saying? But when he goes back to Memphis, he's surrounded by a lot of people that love him and that's, that's proud of him. But he's also surrounded by those niggas that were they grew up with him, that seen him when he was nothing, that felt like they were on his level. And now that they see him on a higher level than them, they're like, you know, man, fuck him, man. I, that nigga, man, I remember back in the day, me and this nigga used to do this, do that. Fuck him, he ain't shit. Like, envious, haters, you know what I'm saying? And those are the, and then and when you think about it like that, it's like, damn, it, it kind of, it doesn't make sense, but you can kind of understand why a lot of rappers get killed in their city. Same thing happened in Nipsey, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's some shiesty, shady shit. And, um... Um, the rap game is we thought the rap game was violent back in the 90s this shit is super violent now man it's 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 crazy it's crazy and i don't know it seemed like back in the day a lot of rappers that rap street shit a lot of the rappers you know they grew up in the they grew up in poverty they grew up in the hood and all that kind of stuff but a lot of these dudes were just rapping what they lived and rapping what they saw but these rappers these days it's almost like they still in the streets. They're like, it's like back in the day there were rappers rapping about street shit, right? Nowadays it's street it's street niggas just rapping. If you know, I'm trying to if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just crazy. It's crazy. Um, I don't know. I hope this shit slows down, man. Because Young Dolph was the same age as me. He was 36. That's too young, man. It's too young. Plus, it seemed like he was a good dude. He seemed like he was just, you know what I'm saying, doing shit for his community and all that kind of stuff. He's in there supporting, buying cookies. and It's just sad, man. Because I remember Noriega, uh, N-O-R-E, Nori, he, he even, he even uh, warned him. He was like on uh, Drink Champs one time. I forget what he said, but it was basically... It was basically... It basically was the same kind of thing that, that Boosie has said. Like, you know, niggas that... That, that try to stay in their city usually end up having beef and having some kind of violent shit that niggas be trying to get them. And Dolph was pretty much like, yeah, I'm good or something like that. But Nori basically tried to warn him. Like, you do know that most rappers that get in some kind of violent beef, it's usually because they're in the city they grew up in. He was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that. I don't really know the whole story. All I know is somebody pulled up in a white Benz and they shot him up, killed him, and and that was that. So 
RIP to the to the young king and uh, prayers out for his family and everything. I don't know if they found uh, the killers. I think they have like a picture of the, the surveillance cameras or something like that. I don't know if they have identified who the killer is, but I know they have leads. But hopefully they find them niggas, man. It's crazy. Um, this episode is episode four. And I might have a, I got a special guest on this one today. Uh, it's my, it's actually one of my best friends, uh, Muhammad. He lives in Houston and he's got a lot of dope stuff going on. Dude is, a, I, he's, he's a couple of years younger than me, but uh, I've always kind of looked up to him business wise. He's got, he's real business savvy. He's got a gift of gab and he's always been kind of like a boss. He's always either been a supervisor or a manager or something. And that's exactly what he is right now. He works I'll I'll tell y'all more. I'll let him tell you more about himself when we get him on here. Um, So I'm not going to hold y'all up too much with this first, uh, you know, segment of the podcast. I just wanted to touch on the Young Dolph situation and, yeah, tell you how I felt about my fucking Cowboys. But I don't know. Oh, also, uh, (laughs) I don't don't know who I saw the game, the uh, Laker-Detroit Pistons game. LeBron James was on the on the foul line waiting for the foul shot to go up and him and uh, a Pistons player, I think his name was Isaiah Stewart. They were trying to get position to get the rebound and they were, you know, they was wrestling a little bit and LeBron, it looked like LeBron was just trying to swing him off of him because they was locked arms. But when he swung, he hit dude right in his mouth and his eye and all kind of shit. And the dude started bleeding and the dude walked up on LeBron and he could have done something, but he didn't. But, at the same time, players started to intervene and break it up really, really fast. But once he, once they, once they, he, but once he backed up, he started coming for LeBron. And a lot of people were calling him soft, saying if he really wanted to do something, you should have did it at first. But I think what happened is once they backed him up, he started bleeding bad on his face. He started gushing blood on his face. I think that blood is kind of what made him amp- get amped up. You know, blood will make you react. Um, but it was it was crazy, man. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron was trying to apologize, and they got everybody in between them. They they pulled LeBron back quick because, you know, they don't want nothing to happen to LeBron James or whatever. But uh, it was a pretty – it was a pretty eventful uh, pretty eventful thing that happened because I haven't seen anything like that since the Malice in the Palace uh, when the Pistons was fighting the, the Detroit – when the Pistons were fighting – no, when the Pistons fans were fighting the, the Pacers – I ain't seen nothing like that since. It, it didn't get that bad, but at the beginning, it kind of had that that energy. But they 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 calmed it down. You know what I'm saying? They ain't gonna let that, they ain't gonna let nothing like that happen again. Um. But yeah, man, this is the episode four. Don't make no sense podcast. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take a break real fast so I can get my homie on here so we can talk. Um. I appreciate everybody listening. This episode is brought to you by Millennial Productions, and it's also uh, produced by. OMG Mill, he produces all the music. Uh, I want to shout out um, my homie uh, Snow for helping me do some of the graphic design for the podcast on social media. Um, I got some more shout outs I want to do too, but I'll do those in in the third segment of the podcast. I just want to get those first two out because those are the two people that help me uh, with the podcast on a regular basis. So, yeah, um, this is the Domain No Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Evan James. I'm going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back after this.
right, we back. Don't make no sense podcast. I'm your host Evan James, and I got a special guest. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce him. Uh, this is actually one of my best friends I've known since like 2009, I believe, and he's a couple years younger than me. But I've always kind of looked up to him in a in in a sense of like business and stuff like that. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's somebody that reads. He, he's very knowledgeable of what he's into and what he's uh, uh, aspiring to be. Um, he's a, he's a, this guy is a go-getting, uh, self-driven, fearless uh, son of a bitch. Nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> nah, but, but, for, but for real, but for real. He, he's very, uh, he's, he, he's very, uh, he's, since I've known him, he's always been a boss. Like when I first met him, he was my supervisor. And since then, he hasn't been anything less than that. He's either been a supervisor or a manager or, or, or a boss. He's always been in some type of upper echelon at, at whatever company he's working at. So that's why I say that I, I kind of look up to him. Because anytime I have any kind of business uh, ideas or anything like that, he's one of the first people I run my ideas by. Uh, so I'm going to just give you, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I got. You know what I'm saying? But this is my one of my best friends, Muhammad Abdul Rahman. Uh, let me give everybody give him give him, give him, you, give him, give him let's give him an, an applause. Yeah, <laughs> y'all didn't know I had appreciate that. Appreciate it, appreciate it. <laughs> I got some new effects. I got some new effects. <laughs> so what's what's up with you, dog? How how you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. I'm good. Just living day to day, man. Trying to trying to make it out here, and you know, on the on the first on, live the life. <laughs> on the first uh the first segment of the podcast i was talking about that uh did you see the lakers fight last night i did i did see the lakers fight did you see what actually happened and how it like how it all started man i saw i saw lebron kind of did his elbow to get homeboy off of him and then it looked like he kind of hit him with his fist yeah he, he threw an elbow uh, he threw an elbow but then he yeah. moved his hand and he hit him dead in his mouth and like in his like the side right. of the right side of his face. And I don't think he was right. intentionally trying to hit him, but he definitely threw his hand. But I do think it, I do think it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was a dirty play, but you know your boy Skip got on there and <laughs> let him have it. <laughs> but um, yeah, nah, he, it was and homeboy looked like he actually tried to. Try to get him. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy because he had a chance to do something to him if he really wanted to. Because he, when it first That's happened, true. also true, he walked right up to him. But they, to be fair, the teammates and the players did interfere pretty quick. They they kind of broke it up. I don't think the dude started losing it until he seen the blood coming down his face. I think when once he started bleeding, yeah. I think that's when he lost it. But you know, ain't nobody gonna let nothing happen to LeBron James. Man, they pulled him away like somebody was shooting. <laughs> I was surprised they ejected him, though. I was surprised they ejected him. I think he said they said he's only been ejected twice his entire career. They had to eject him. He drew blood. I mean, it was yeah. if you go back and look at that play, even though it was accident, he hit him dead in the face, and he and it wasn't he like did. it was inadvertent. He threw that he threw his hand back and hit him in the face. So, you know, yeah, he did. He did. I don't think it was dirty. I don't think he's a dirty player, no. but he he did hit him in the mouth. He was bleeding a lot. It's a lot of blood drawn. And you know, if the shoe was on on the other foot, and that guy hit LeBron, LeBron would still be on the on the court as we speak, and uh, he'd probably be at not. LeBron would be on the court 
And old dude would be suspended like five, ten games. Right. For sure. <laughs> At least. Right. <laughs> At least. I've seen LeBron uh, hit the ground hard. And he, 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 I don't think anybody's ever drawn blood on LeBron. Nah, I don't think so either. Man. Well, there was that game. There was that game in Orlando. Remember, he, uh, they went, the, the one, the series they lost, it was 2009. Yeah, 2009. When Orlando went to the finals, and it was supposed to be Kobe LeBron. It was a big showdown we were waiting for. They had the puppets and everything, and, and they, the commercials. Remember the puppet the, commercials? Yeah, the, the, MV, the MV puppets. Yeah. <laughs> MVP puppets. Yeah. The whole thing. And then uh, LeBron lost in six. I think that game, that first game, he had like 50. He gave everything. He was like bleeding and all that. <laughs> That's the only time I saw him blood. <laughs> That's the only time I seen him bleed. <laughs> that was when he, everything. That was when he hit that big uh, buzzer beater, wasn't it? That buzzer beater. Yep. One second left. They inbounded it. Top of the key. Pulled up. That was nice. I, I was impressed. <laughs> it's crazy because the Cavs. Well, LeBron. LeBron individually, he had a good series. He, I mean, he, LeBron always yeah. balls out in the playoffs. But uh, the Lakers ended up beating. Orlando pretty easily, and Kobe had a great series. Pretty handedly, yeah, Kobe, five games. Yeah, Kobe had a great series. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe did work, man. Oh, they uh, put they put your boy Mikael Petrus on him. Yeah, he's looking scared. He's looking real scared. Really, man, that would have been so cool to see him and LeBron go up against each other in the finals that year. It really would have because Kobe was still right. in his Kobe was still in his peak, and LeBron was like, you know, he was really really good. Um, that'd have been great. So, um. Last time I talked to you, you was uh, doing, you was talking about flipping houses. Like you bought, you had bought a property and you was like. I did. I did. So, all right. Um, why don't you explain that process and how that, that was your first time doing that. Why don't you explain how that went? Yeah. So essentially, you know, you, people talk about flipping houses and, you know, what all it really is, is you buy a property below market value. Usually those properties are in pretty bad shape and uh, in disrepair. Right. So you you are able to get them at a discount based on that. Right. So you would find someone who's selling a property, uh, quote, as is. So they don't have to worry about repainting. They don't have to worry about uh, all the little knickknacks that go into selling a house. You just sold a house. So you're probably familiar. Yeah. Any little, you know, you patch up drywall, redo the carpet, whatever, what what have you. And some houses are more disrepaired than others. Usually the the worse off a house is, the better the deal you can get. Right. So um the house that I purchased was was an older house. I think it was uh, built in nineteen sixty. Yeah. So it was an older house and it needed a lot of updates. And, uh, but it was a big space. It was a nice 3,000 square foot house, two stories, uh, four bedrooms, three baths. That fourth bedroom in a property usually is pretty good as far as the value is concerned. Um, so I bought that property for 191. Okay. Um, the market, the market after repair value for it was 280. Woo. So I was able to get a, a yeah. So I was able to get a pretty good deal on it. I put in about 30 grand in repair. To, to get it updated to, to current uh, market standards, redid the flooring, um, updated the kitchen, redid the bathrooms, built out a whole nother third bathroom, uh, did new, did new uh, paint, exterior, interior, all of that. So you added so we were you, able you, to, you added an additional bathroom to the house that it didn't have before? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a four bedroom, two bath. 
and the the upstairs bathroom it had wasn't 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 fully built out. They had the framework for it, but it wasn't built out. So we just went in, built out the bathroom, put a shower in there, and um, yeah, hooked it up, hooked it up real nice. Damn, that's dope. So so and truthfully, the the idea was to flip that property, to buy it, put some money and flip it. But honestly, man, the more work I put into that property. It's a lot more than what you think, because yeah. because you don't know what you don't know when you go into projects like this. Yeah. So you know when we first bought the property, found out okay it had foundation issues, so that was some extra we had to put into it. Found out there were some AC issues we had to you know you, when you buy a property as is, that's right. exactly it. You're right. buying it as is. Yep. So you're gonna have things that you don't necessarily expect, and that's just part of the game. But you have to budget. For so whenever I purchased a property, I set aside a, a ridiculous renovation budget for all the stuff I didn't know. Right. So I was like, all right, it's probably going to cost me 20 grand to do everything I got to do. We'll budget an additional 20 grand just in case. Yeah. So I got a budget for 40 grand for renovations. It up costing me 30. So great. <laughs> right. So like it works out, but you got a budget ridiculous. Your numbers have to be super conservative. That way you don't end up losing money. But I went, it went into it as a flip. But when I looked at the area and how the property values were appreciating, and I looked at what my uh, mortgage payment would be on the refinance of the property, yeah, and I looked at how much I can rent the property out for, it just made so much more sense for me to hold on to it for a few, for at least a few years. And talking to different investors, they had talked about all the properties they'd flipped and all the money they'd missed out on because of how houses appreciate over time, especially the way they're appreciating now. Yeah. So the way that that rate of appreciation could slow down, sure. But even if it appreciates at the rate it appreciated at uh, pre-COVID, pre-the pandemic, it would still be three times how much I would earn from just straight flipping it. Damn. So like, you know what? I don't need to have, I don't need this money right here now. So I'm just going to sit on it and just rent it out, build more equity, get more appreciation and get rental income. And then five, maybe even 10 years down the road, then I'm going to sell it for that much more of a markup. And so just play that long investment game versus the quick flip game. And that's what I'm doing with that one. I mean, that's pretty smart. Cause I mean, while you're renting it out, the, uh, the, the tenants will be paying the mortgage on the, on the uh, exactly. on the property, so it's not really giving you like any hard time or anything like that. So that's pretty cool. It's crazy. Any, exactly. Anytime a property, anytime property owners are selling a house as is, there's a reason why they're selling it as is. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. We we all know, and it's right. okay. It's all part of the game. That's that's how you get the discount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's all give. It's all give and take. <laughs> right. So how with you with you living in Houston? How is the housing market down there right now? Man, the housing market in Houston is insane. It's crazy. Very, very competitive. So right now I'm working on getting my next project going. But it, it is it is not easy to find um, uh, great deals. Right. So that and that's the key. Like you can get good deals, but you really need to find great deals. Yeah. And a lot of the the best deals you'll find are not like listed on. Uh, I guess you, you guys use Zillow in Kentucky, right? To, to yep. search for homes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, those are it's not on Zillow. Those are all houses that you're going to buy retail. Right. Those are houses that are all on the market. You really want to find houses that are off the market. And those are going to be some of the best deals. People that don't know that they want to sell people that, again, want to sell their houses as is. Um, those are the deals that you want to that you want to uh, come across or even people that need help. People that maybe fall behind on their payments, people that need help. Uh, they, they have a lien on their house or they're behind on their taxes and you can come along and make a deal to where it's beneficial for you and beneficial for them. Those are the best kind of deals uh, in real estate. And there's, there's a, there's a, there's a very, very competitive market in Houston. So, you know, uh, myself, my brother, we both do real estate. So we we're, we're constantly on the prowl, but man, I, I might start looking your way pretty soon too, man. Indiana, uh, Louisville area. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a little it's a little less competitive over there. Yeah, it's it's a little competitive like out here. It's as far as like buyers, it's it's a little competitive because like we actually have put um we put um an offer on a house a few weeks ago, and yeah, um you know anytime you put an offer on a house, you have you have a you have um a price that you want to buy the house for, but then you also right. have your high price. Like I'm not going to go any higher than this. So I had my high exactly. price. My high price was about $11,000 over than what they were asking for. Yeah. And then I, we, yeah. we still didn't get it. So people, out, people, <laughs> out, yeah, wow. people out here are spending $30,000 over asking price to get houses. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. And, it, and it's because, you know, it's a good time to sell your house because you can make a bang for your buck, but it's hard to buy because sure. once you sell, it's hard to go find something else. You make all this money off this house. Now you got to use all that money you made and go spend that. <laughs> hell, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, the house, my, my first house that I bought, I paid yeah. 115 for, and I sold it for 160. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So overall I made about 50 grand off of it. So, um, but like now, like if I were to go buy a house right now, say I wanted to buy a house like I just had, there's no way I'm spending one sixty for that house. It was a starter house. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, How, right, right. Houses that were two hundred thousand dollars and a little over before the pandemic are now well over three hundred thousand dollars right now. It's crazy. Yeah, man, it's it's insane. It's insane. But there there is a third option though. There's a third option. What's that? that I think a lot of people need to be made aware of. So um there's an option to where you can take the equity out of your house in in doing a cash out refi. So let's say like you just talked about a scenario where the housing market's crazy. Yeah. So if you own a property and let's say the property that I'm in now. So I own that property. I bought it. How was my daughter? Eight. So I bought it seven years ago. I bought it like we moved in literally right after her first birthday. Right. And so I've had it for about seven years. And so I bought it again, obviously it's worth a whole lot less than what it's worth now, but instead of selling that house and having to pay over market for another house to live in, what we're going to do is called a cash out refinance. So essentially we're just selling our house back to the bank. So we can sell a house back to the bank, take all the equity out. We got a little over a hundred thousand dollars in equity in, in the house right now and take that out. And then still live in the house and then also take that money and reinvest it, you know, buy more properties, invest in the stock market, whatever we decide to do. So that way we're not having to buy um, over market 
to, to find another property that we want to live in, if that makes sense. Damn, that's interesting. I never even never even heard of that. You know, I'm I'm still new to the housing market game. I've only had one house, so I'm still kind of new to this. But that I've never heard anybody doing that before. That's pretty. Uh, I might have, to have you. See, I might have to have you uh, kind of walk me through that again, because uh, that that's that sounds interesting. Especially, yeah. So basically, so say you bought a house. We'll, we'll keep it. Um, make the numbers easy. So say you bought a house for $100,000 yeah. and then it's now worth $200,000. So what you can do, a bank will buy it for, uh, they'll refinance it rather. So they, they refinance it and give you cash out equity, but usually they won't give you more than 80% of that equity. Right. So if you have a, a $200,000 house and you owe $100,000 on it, you can take out $80,000. Nice. Take out that $80,000. You can do it with it, whatever you will. Basically, you're going to have a new monthly payment. And of course, the bank is going to charge you like fees for lending and stuff. That's going to cost you around five grand or so. Yeah. Fair enough. They're going to get theirs. So, um, and, I mean, even if you were to sell your house, man, you know, you're going to pay realtor commissions of 6%. So oh, you're gonna for sure. In, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're going to pay in that or more. So you're going to pay that, but you still have that equity. Even the even the twenty thousand dollars, because remember you took out eighty, and you had a hundred thousand dollars in equity. That twenty thousand dollars in equity is still your equity, so that didn't go anywhere. So eventually, if you ever do sell that house, you will have rebuilt more equity and still have twenty grand in equity left over in this hypothetical situation, to where you can actually still you know take that money out once you actually do sell it at a later time. Damn, that's... so there's there's a lot of different ways, man. There's a lot of different things you can do. With, with loans and lending and banks and the, there's unconventional banks and, and a lot of interesting creative financing out there, man. If you, once you start to research, it, it, it gets pretty deep. <laughs> Damn, that's interesting right there. Like that's an option that a lot of people might not know about. Yeah, no, for sure. Damn. Um, <laughs> damn. Uh, what I was about to ask you is, uh, um, so I know you said that flipping houses and stuff it's a lot more work than i mean you you probably went into it knowing it's going to be a lot of work and you probably knew Man. you probably knew it was going to be more work <laughs> than you expected because it's something brand new but now that yeah. you, now that you know how much work is in that is involved now that you're trying to do a second one what are you going to do differently now Man, that's that, a great question now, bro yeah that's a great question so I, I went in expecting a lot of work but at the same time you just don't know what you don't know. Right, because it's foreign. So, for, for, for example, um, I live in Texas. So, in Texas, they have laws to protect subcontractors and contractors. Those are just the people that do work on your, on your property, right? right? And that's fine. But what I didn't expect was that I have a contractor that I use, and he's, he's a good guy. He's an honest guy. And I paid him to do the work. And that contractor had an issue with one of his subcontractors, one of his workers. And due to the issue between the contractor and the subcontractor, the subcontractor was able to put a lien on my property. <laughs> Meaning that if I went to try to sell my house, I couldn't sell it because the subcontractor said he was never paid by the contractor. Even though I've never met this guy, Never had any type of agreement with him. He was able to do that. So that kind of really blew, that, that threw me for a loop. Like stuff like that, 
you cannot anticipate, nice. right? This is something that happens that you learn. Right. <laughs> Luckily, again, my contractor was great. He paid me the money to where I could take care of the lien. So it's not, a, it wasn't an issue, but that's just an example of something that I had no idea was going to happen. And that, and that's the kind, so, um, and that's the kind of stuff they never tell you up front. That's the kind of stuff you just have to, you have to find out the hard way. It, man, there's so many little things, so little, many knickknack things that you don't think about. That's crazy. Even when you talk about a, a just a property in general, man, you talk about rehabbing a property, right? Like if you go into a property, we all live in houses or have been in a house, right? Like so, we kind of have a general sense of what all goes into a house, yeah. You know, but when you're rehabbing. All the little thing, every little detail, man. So, like, we had to worry about the, the outlets. The outlets weren't updated correctly. We had to look at the electrical panel. That electrical panel wasn't up to code. We had to make sure that the piping is an older house. Yeah. <laughs> we had to make sure it wasn't lead piping, that it wasn't galvanized piping. So there's there was all types of little knick-knack things that you just don't really think about in general until you really... That, that that house back then they used to have lead-based paint back in the houses and that that's not all right you got to make sure there's no lead-based paint because it's an older house um insurance because of where the property is because of the age of the house insuring it was a whole different process <laughs> all types of things there's <laughs> all types of things so this goes financing this goes back to Go when, this goes back to when you said uh you 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 want to get good deals, but you want to get the great deals, and it makes it, it, it makes sense because <laughs> it, it makes sense because you want to be able to make as much money as you possibly can because you know how much work is going to be involved in flipping the house. So, yeah. with that being yeah. said, you don't you don't want to go buy a house for a hundred thousand for for one hundred fifty thousand and only sell it for and not, and only be able to sell it for. Uh, you know, one 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 eighty to two hundred. You want to be able. No, you're to, gonna lose money. Yeah, you're gonna lose money. You're gonna lose money in that scenario. You're gonna lo- every time. You're gonna lose money, and on top of that, you got to put all this work. You got to do all this work just to lose money, yep. or just to make a, a yep. few grand. You want to make a bang exactly. because it's, exactly it, in that case, it ain't, it's not even worth it. So much time and it's so not. much work and resources. It's just yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. You you, you can't go in trying to make oh well this house is worth. 200 i'm gonna buy it for 150 it's a wrap you're gonna lose money all all the all the different things i just talked about and then like i just mentioned even when you sell it you gotta pay six percent of the of the sale price yeah so so that's gonna that's gonna come that's a big chunk that's gonna come out of it you have to be able to make a lot of mistakes and still be profitable. right that's the key so you have to be able to make a lot of mistakes and still be profitable so you have to leave a lot of margin for that Damn, yeah, I, I, me and me and my wife had thought about do, getting into flipping houses and stuff and doing something like that, and we're still thinking about it. But like, I just know before I ever did something like that, I'd have to talk to people that's doing it and just get as much research as possible because, you know, once you start buying property, that's a, that's a big, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a big. And deal. so the type of uh, the type of loan that I use is what's called a hard money loan. Yeah. Um, so if anybody is familiar with real estate and investing, they've probably heard of hard money. And uh, a loan like that is basically, it gives you funding very, very quick. Yeah. And there's not, there's not a lot of uh, requirements. So like, you don't need to even have a great credit score. You don't need to have, 
um, a ton of money. Yeah, you, you do have to have some income, right? So they're going to verify that. But it's not like a traditional loan to where you have to go through, you bought a house, man. It's like you got to go send all these documentation and credit reports and yeah. appraisals and inspections and yada, all that stuff. With the hard money loan, what they care about is the quality of your deal because they use that as collateral for the loan. Right. So if you default and you have a great deal, they'll happily take your deal. Right. <laughs> so they, they just use that as collateral. So that's the type of uh, uh, loan that I use. And, and with that too, it really is very different as far as money and capital that you need to pay. And here's what I mean. A lot of people look at loans. Um, so a lot of people know you have to put down like three and a half percent or 5%. Or if you're buying an investment property on a conventional loan, you got to put down 20%. Right. And a lot of people look at that number like, oh, 20 percent is a lot of money. 20 percent on two hundred thousand dollars. That's four. That's 40 grand out of pocket. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But with unconventional loans like hard money, they don't look at the down payment as a percentage. They look at the loan to value. So what does that mean? That means if I have a house that's worth one hundred thousand dollars. And this uh, lender will say, all right, Muhammad, I will give you. 75% of what that house is worth after it's fixed up, right? Yeah. And the house is worth $100,000 after it's fixed up. They looked at it, they appraise it, cool, it's worth $100,000. I'll give you 75 grand. If I get that property under contract for 50 grand, I don't have to bring shit to the table. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, like, it's a diff- it's not I got free twenty percent of a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's all right, cool. You're gonna loan me based on what the property is worth fixed up. And if you give me seventy five grand and I can get under contract for sixty or hell seventy or hell eighty, then now I'm only bringing five grand to the table. And of course there's gonna be other fees and stuff associated with that. But there's a lot of different ways to to play the real estate game and work it to where you can take advantage. And then also there's a lot of tax benefits with real estate too. A lot of people don't know about that as well. Like if you're talking about uh, depreciation of real estate um, for tax purposes, that's, that's a, that's a giant, that's a really big tax shelter, even for your own, even if you're working a job, it's a tax shelter for your own uh, working income. So there's benefits there too. So there's a lot of benefits, man. Like, like I said, it's, it's not easy. There's a lot of shit that you don't know that you don't know, but what? But once you kind of get through the knocks, bro, I tell you, after all the shit I went through with this property, like there was a lot of shit that happened. I was like, bro, I don't want to do this again. Right. <laughs> but once I was done, I was like, I went so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you ready? You ready to knock it out again? It's, 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 it's satisfying once you get to the other side of it. Yeah. Um. Can you hear that beep? I did. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody listening to this podcast, uh, I'm talking to Muhammad through Bluetooth, and somebody just tried to beep in. I just ignored him. Uh, so if you're listening to this, John, uh, I'll call you back in a minute. <laughs> well, I, well, if you're listening to this, clearly I've talked to you since then, but yeah, that was you that tried to call. That's why I ignored you. So. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, man, uh, I, I'm still thinking about getting into that game here at, at some point. I want to get my. I just want to get my finances. Once I buy my next house, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be my forever house, but it'll I'll definitely be right. in my next house for a for a while. 
once I get in there, get everything settled, get my finances the way I need to get them, I'm definitely going to look more into the, to the real estate. And you will be one of the first people I call to just to kind of give me all the 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 stuff that you didn't know going in that they caught you off guard. You'll be able to kind of give me the heads up, like, look out for this, look out for that. You know what I'm saying? And we've talked about this plenty of times anyway. So, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely be one of the people I talk to about this kind of stuff. No doubt, no doubt. I, I guess you asked me what I would do differently um, in my, if, if I did it again. Um, the only thing I would do differently is um, just make sure – the biggest thing was that the whole deal with the contractor, that was very stressful. Yeah. But as far as budgeting and, and the, the renovation, getting everything uh, done, uh, there were some things that I tried to go cheap on. Yeah. I'll say this, man. Like, have a plan. Know how you want your property to look. Yeah. And have all that laid out ahead of time. And honestly, you can do that before you even look at a property. Right. You can know what color schemes you want for your property. You can know what type of countertops you want for your kitchen. You can know what type of tile you want for your showers. You can know what type of flooring you want. You can know all that before you even look at a property. You can know what type of lighting fixtures. You can know all of that. So you don't need a property before you start looking at that stuff. I, w I already have all that laid out now, yeah. but I would just recommend anybody that's looking to get into it, think about all that ahead of time. That way, when you do have a property, you already have your materials. You got your late. Well, you're gonna. You're not gonna have your labor because you, you, the the size of the property is gonna you know kind of change that cost. But you will have. You'll know your materials. You'll have an idea very quickly how to price your innovation, and it, it won't be much you have to figure out. You'll already be pretty well prepared once you go in to be able to tell your contractor and tell your person that's working on your property exactly what you want and get it knocked out quickly and like don't try to go too cheap like I, I started my renovation and i was like you know what these floors aren't so bad i guess i'll leave them but once i started getting everything else nice and i still had those old ass floors it started stand out. <laughs> i was like it drove me crazy you know what honestly bro like i had the property rented out even before i redid the flooring but it drove me crazy right <laughs> I, I couldn't i couldn't just look at that old ass flooring New walls, paint, countertop, everything else is nice, but the flooring is old as dirt. I, it drove me nuts. So me personally, I, I no more half-assing. Like it's it's all or nothing. If I'm gonna renovate it, I'm gonna renovate it. Have be ready, and then just just get it done as quickly as possible, and flip out of it and go to the next thing. I know I know one person that does really uh, does flipping houses. He told me one thing you want to do is if you end up coming across a really good contractor that you can depend on. Work with oh, him. Oh man, that's they say stick with him. <laughs> go. He said go, because there's so go. many contractors that are shicey. They'll start a job and then they'll end up disappearing on you, or they'll they'll ha they'll like they'll take shortcuts and they'll fuck shit up. You got to spend yep. extra money to yep. get stuff refixed yep. and stuff. He said if you find a good contractor that does good business, continue to do business with him and only him. He said because these contractors are a dime a dozen. He said a lot of these guys know what they're doing, but they're doing stuff for cheap. They're trying to take shortcuts. They have yeah. they have other jobs. They're yeah. trying to rush through your job. And he said, just make sure you get a good contractor. And when you know that's, that's your guy, stick with him. He said, it'll save you so much headache and so much money. Seriously, seriously. And honestly, man, like as an investor, you're you're like the last person to get paid, right? Like literally everybody gets paid before you. Right. <laughs> like the contractor, the title company, 
the banks, the lenders, the real estate, everybody gets paid before you. So it is very important that you manage your costs. That that is huge. Right. Right. That's very important. But <laughs> you can't, you just can't be too cheap because that will end up costing you more money. Exactly. So your your boy is right. And again, living in Texas, um, we do have some pretty cheap labor in the form of undocumented la- uh, workers. Right. We do. And we, we take advantage of it. Right. It is what it is. But a lot of times, if you're not, um, not just, being undocumented is not even important. It's about being licensed and bonded. So if you're not a licensed and bonded contractor, there's nothing really holding you liable to anything. And I know people that do real estate as well. I know, I know plenty of people that they'll have a, a contractor start work and just disappear. Yeah. Gone. It's crazy. Never to be heard from again. No, it's not gone. <laughs> I got no girl. She's um, she's working on a daycare. She's building out a daycare in nearby town, uh, right outside of Houston. She paid this man five grand. He started working, did work for like a week, and vanished, never to be seen again. Or Sick. or they'll come do work for you <laughs> and finish the job, and then when you have somebody yeah. come back and expect it, they've messed up so much stuff. You got to hire somebody else to come fix it. Exactly. Exactly, 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 exactly. So it's cool, like, it's cool to get the the cheap labor, but it's got to be a balance. You know, you you definitely want to save money. Don't go to, like, Home Depot to do your project. That's crazy. You're going to be spending way too much money. You definitely want to get a good contractor that'll give you a good deal, but you can't go too cheap, and you got to be smart. Don't pay them all at once. Do not pay them all up front. Don't do that. Yeah. Pay them a little bit up front. Let them do some work. Give them a little bit more. You know, work it out that way. And don't let them jerk you around. Don't let them punk you. You got to put your foot down, man, because they'll try. Right. Nah, yeah, it's good information right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because, um, you know, a lot of contractors, they know what they're doing. Like They could do the job if they, they could do the job right if they wanted to. But like I said, some of these guys have multiple jobs, and the yep, the job yep. the job they're doing for you might not be paying them more than the other job. Exactly. So your, your job exactly. is not as important, so they're like half-assing, trying to rush through your job right. so they can get to the right. bigger bag. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. The contractors are on, on high demand right now, man. Yeah, and make- finding a good contract is like finding gold. It's it's, and, it's huge. And you was talking about the undocumented contractors. We we know. We all know what you're referencing. I'm not going to say, but sure. just 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 so we know, those people that are undocumented, uh, undocumented, they usually do the best work. And they do. And they, up. And they do Straight it. Up. They do it efficiently. They do it fast. Yes. They show up with a yeah. they show up with a huge crew and they knock it out. They knock it out. And they, and they and they, and, they, and, they and it's always and it's always really good work. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I know I know I know I, I have a couple of contractors and both of them are great. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. But the, the, the one I, I have one, the guy is uh he's actually Arab and right. he has a construction company. He's a, he's my official guy. But then I also have a guy and his son. Both of their names are Jorge Thomas, both right. of them, <laughs> senior and junior. And those guys get the job done. And if they, I need something done quick, done right. And, and, and in and out, they are, on it. They take on it. They take pride in their work because they're trying to get their money. You know, they 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 they, exactly. come, they come here to do work and make that money and and help their families and all that kind of stuff. Put their kids in school and stuff. They 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 not they not playing around. 
You know what I'm saying? And I really appreciated that kind of stuff, man. It's it's really cool. Definitely, man. But yeah, bro, real estate, man, it's it's not for the faint of heart. You know, it's sexy. It's it's really it's really cool to see the finished product. You know, a lot of people will show off in real estate and uh, what they've done, but they won't tell you about the, the the blood, sweat, and tears, the heartache, and the stress. Right. So there's there's you know it's it's big big uh, risk, big reward though. Oh, you for know what sure. I mean? So if you're willing to you're willing to stick in there and and put in the work, definitely a huge payoff that goes with it. I'm not at all surprised that you got into this kind of stuff. Like I, like I said before, you're, you're somebody that once you know this something that you want to do, you focus in on it, you do your research, and you go hard. So I already know how. Once you told me you was going to do real estate, I'm like, oh, man, he's probably going to do good at that because I just know how you are. Plus, you got a gift of gab. You're, you're really good at selling things. Yeah, man. I try. I try my best. I try my best. <laughs> 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 all right um i'm not gonna hold you too long before we leave i want to ask you just a, a few questions this is random it's just kind of it's just, what's up all right now name your top five basketball players of all time my top five your, all right your top so five. This, is, this, this is not this is not I, I i love this question man every time i talk about it a lot of times people would be talking about, oh, uh, Magic uh, Johnson and James Worthy. Like, look, man, I'm I'm 34 years old. <laughs> right. I haven't seen Oscar Robertson play. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to – he's not on my list. <laughs> All right? This is Muhammad's top five. <laughs> no, okay. This is what I want you to do. I want you to <laughs> name, your, name the top five players uh, – Name the top five players you believe are the best at their position. So name the best point guard, best shooting guard, and whatsoever. And after that, name your top five favorite players of all time. All right. I, it, it'll probably be the same list. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right. So number one, at, at the point guard position, Chris Paul. All right? I think for, for our generation, he has been the best point guard in the league for un, un, unquestionably for the last what? How long did he leave? Over ten years. He got drafted. Right, so he, he, he got drafted 05. and actually he's still actually yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah. So over fifteen years in the league now, been killing it. Chris Paul, he has defined the point guard position for our generation. Right. All right. So so Chris Paul, number two, you already know, man. Kobe Bean. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he is he is to me, I think there are Certain athletes, when you watch them, it is it is art. Yeah. It's literal poetry and motion. Yes. I think you got Bruce Lee in that category. I think you got Muhammad Ali yeah. in that category. I think you got Kobe Bryant in that category. Yeah. To where there there is a an artistry in the way they approach their sport. And Kobe definitely not only is that, I mean, for everything that he's done, what I love about Kobe is I think that. I don't think he's the most talented player, but I think that he showed a lot of life lessons in the way he approached the game. Yeah. He wasn't drafted number one overall. You know what I mean? He wasn't even starting when he started in the league. Yeah. Came off the bench. He showed how you can accomplish and overachieve through hard work and discipline. And he wasn't the most talented guy. No. Like Allen Iverson was talented, more talented than him. Jordan's more talented. LeBron was more talented, but he overachieved hard work and dedication to me that resonates more than anything yeah. and the man is just a, 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 a genius 
when it comes to the basketball court. Yeah. All right. Number three, of course, LeBron. Un- unquestionably, there's just no, there's real no, there's no real conversation. Anybody would argue with that's probably over sixty. Yeah. And that's that's just what it is. <laughs> uh, number four, you have to say Tim Duncan, yeah. greatest power forward of all time. I mean, dude missed the playoffs. I think once has he ever missed the playoffs? Has, has Tim Duncan missed the playoffs? Maybe his first year, but I don't even. I think maybe that, his rookie year. Maybe, yeah, may I, I and I believe, I believe they made the playoffs that year. I don't know, but he did. I can't think of a year that he actually missed. Yeah, no, nah, I, I don't think he's missed the playoffs ever. I don't think he has. No. And um, yeah, man, like when we were younger, Tim Duncan was always very boring. Yeah. We didn't like to watch him, right? Right. But the older you got the more you can appreciate just how fundamentally sound and consistently he approached the game every single, every single night. And you, you gotta, you gotta respect that. Right. So Tim Duncan at the four, number five might shock you, but probably not. I already know where <laughs> you're going, but go ahead. I know where you're going. Go ahead. <laughs> Man, look, look, I, I'm a Houstonian. Hakeem the dream. Yeah. Number five. Ain't nothing wrong Hakeem with that. The dream. Hakeem Elijah Wines. I feel like as great as underrated. Yeah, it's, that's what's great. Underrated. I was getting ready to say, as great as people <laughs> know him to be, he's still underrated. But okay, that's Hakeem's my favorite. I think the best player at the five position is probably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or, or I guess I broke my own rules. I'd say Shaq. Yeah, we didn't really but, watch um, Kareem. Yeah, yeah, we didn't watch Kareem. So all right, so let's say Shaq. So as far as my favorite player at the position. If you again, man, if you look at the footwork that that Kareem will put on display, you will look at the the arsenal of moves. You will look at the man registering quadruple doubles, <laughs> quadruple doubles. Now, it, 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 the man did work, and you know his career wasn't as long and illustrious as a Tim Duncan or a, or a Shaq. But man, even Shaq would say that the only person that never backed down from him. That actually was like, yo, I got, I got this when it came to facing Shaq because y'all know the Rockets beat the Magic in the finals. Hakeem against Shaq, right? Shaq would, Shaq would talk about how Hakeem didn't back down from him. Everybody else he played against would back down from him. Hakeem was the only one that would not do that. No, I mean, give, give, give Hakeem his flowers. Hakeem took Shaq to school, man. Like. <laughs> He exposed the young Shaq. Like he he put a clinic on him with them fadeaways and those and those uh spin. I mean, Shaq didn't know what to do with that. That that dream shake, baby. Yeah. Dream shake was dangerous. No other no other center in the league was giving Shaq that kind of work. Gave him the work. I mean, so okay, my top five, my favorite top, my top five and my favorite are probably be the same too. Besides maybe one player. All right, my 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 favorite player, my favorite point guard of all time. In my, you know, my era of watching NBA is Jason Kidd. My number two, mm. my number two, we share the same sentiment, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Now, listen, Kobe, listen, <laughs> Kobe Bryant to me, I don't care what nobody says. This is my opinion, my take. I feel like Kobe Bryant is the greatest basketball player I've ever seen play the basketball. I've, I, like, as great as Jordan was, and I know Kobe took a lot of his moves from Jordan. I get it. I get all of that. I get all of it. I get it. But I still feel like <laughs> when you watch the man play, when you watch Kobe's greatest, like when, when he was in his prime, when you watch him play, 
Like, either you're going to tell me somebody's as good as him, you're not going to tell me somebody's better than him. You're not going to do it. He's just, he was that, like, he was flawless. He he had every skill set that you could have. And I hate when people say, mm. all he did was score the ball. Okay, I get it. Part of the game is rebounding, assists, and all that. But at the end of the day, when it comes to basketball, what is the what is the main goal? Get buckets. And they act like Kobe never passed the ball. When when he played with Shaq, Kobe was basically the point guard. He he would average six or seven assists a game when when he played with Shaq. And uh, it wasn't like Derek Fisher was out there running the point doing uh, Chris Paul type shit. He wasn't. Derek Fisher was out there to play hard nose defense and hit a big shot when they needed him to hit. He wasn't running no offense. He wasn't bringing the ball to court like no, that. No, not at all. Uh, not at all. So I got Kobe Bryant. Uh, my number three favorite is uh, I probably put KG. No, no, this is, this is small forward. My favorite would probably be my favorite small forward of all time growing up. I'm not going to front, bro. It's probably T-Mac. When T-Mac was cold, <laughs> T-Mac was cold. He just had he had those back injuries and shit like that. Okay, he I got, I got T-Mac. T- Come on, man. T-Mac and Kobe on the same team gets crazy. Uh, and then That's you got uh, number f- the, the four. I got I got Kevin Garnett. T Mac T Mac broke my heart in Houston though, man. Like when he when he came to Houston, and you're talking about how he didn't want to be a superstar and went to defer to Yao, man. That 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 really ruined him for me. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot he said. Damn, I forgot, <laughs> but again, it, it, I forgot he said. It's, that. A, it's a Houston. It's a Houston perspective. That that was tough. <laughs> uh, and just so y'all know, Le, uh, Muhammad is a Houstonian, but when Kobe was playing for the Lakers, Muhammad was a Lakers oh, fan. Oh man, I was a Lakers fan. But it was just just like me. I was a Laker fan because of Kobe. Once Kobe retired and stuff, I don't really. I'm not a Laker fan like that no more. They don't. I don't really hold no ties to them like that. You know, I, I'm I'm more so a player a player fan now. I like Giannis. I like Dame. But Giannis is my guy. So I'm not really a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I'm a Giannis fan. So I don't like Kobe. I was a Kobe fan from fifth grade all the way till he retired for 20 years. Lakers is all I knew. But when I look at the Lakers now, I don't know none of these niggas. Like, I, Lakers, like, it's, you know, I, I've i never been a big LeBron fan. LeBron is great. You're never going to hear me say LeBron's not great. LeBron is one of the one of the best players that has ever played the game. I don't believe he's, yeah. I don't believe he's the GOAT. But I, to be honest, LeBron has done enough to make that case. So when people say LeBron is the greatest of all time, I don't argue. I disagree, but I don't argue. But when you look at his resume – you could definitely make the argument he's the greatest player of all time. Easy. Sure. But uh sure. um my my four, KG, and my five, I I'll probably go Shaq. But if you ask me who I think the greatest is that I've seen, those are my favorites. If you ask me who the greatest is, I'd probably say the one I'd probably put I probably put Chris Paul that I've seen in my era. My two, I still say Kobe. Uh, my my three, it would be LeBron. My four, Tim Duncan, and my five, I probably go with Shaq because I I didn't really watch uh, Hakeem Olajuwon the way you did. You know, you from Houston and everything. I, I'm very familiar how good he was, but I just remember when I was a Laker fan watching Shaq and Kobe. Man, Shaq was a monster. So. Mm. You know, when when Shaq and when Shaq and, and Akeem went at it, it was like ninety five, ninety four, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. I, I remember, but at that time, I, at the age I was, I wasn't able to really comprehend how great he was at that time. You know what I'm saying? 
So, you know. And so you say your favorite at four was KG, right? My favorite at four is KG. Yeah, got you. But, but if I had Nas, the best was Tim. Yeah, you have to say Tim. I mean, gosh, that, he got five <laughs> championships, never missed the playoffs. No other choice. Yeah, no other choice. choice. He was so efficient. He was just boring. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, one more question, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Top five, okay. your top five favorite. Okay, we're just going to do best. I mean, I guess best and favorite is it's basically the same thing. Top five. Close enough. Top, yeah, top five movies of all time. Oh, man. I was afraid you were going to ask me that. <laughs> That's hard, bro. That's it's hard. It's a lot hard. of movies. It's a lot of greats. So basically, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. You're right. It's, there's so many great, great movies. Just give me your top five favorites that you love to watch. Anytime you see it's on TV or, or it's on, you love, you can watch it as much as, as possible. Top five, top five. Man, I feel like I'm going to leave some stuff out. I'm like, I'm going to get off this podcast. Like, damn, I should have said this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, you know, my boy, Christopher Nolan. Oh, man. I think is, I, is, is up there. Our top five is going to be very similar. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, of course, and th- 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 no particular order. All right, no bet. particular we can, order. We can do that. We can do that. Yeah, but you know, in- Inception was one of the one of the movies that really blew me away, man. It's like that that the way they put that together, direction wise, yeah, and the way it was a, a, a really different new concept, and they put the characters to to way they they infiltrated the dreams and all that stuff, man. That was crazy. And, so I thought, <laughs> and, Chris, and Christopher Nolan always cast great actors. He does. Yeah, he does. So I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to put Inception in there. Every time that's on, I'm going to watch it. Right. Um, I'm going to say Gladiator. Yeah. Every time Gladiator's on, they, they, they got some iconic scenes in there. Yeah. You know, they even sample one of the scenes in, in the Black Album. Yeah. <laughs> so, the so Gladiator, man, that that's that's a dope movie. It really Stop, is. Front to back, start to finish, it, it's good. Sorry, so we got Inception, we got Gladiator. Oh, man, my wife's going to listen to this and be like, why didn't you say such and such? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, The Dark Knight's popping in my head right now. Another Nolan movie, classic. Watch that movie, man. I, I didn't think Batman was going to win that one. Oh, <laughs> I thought the Joker was going to just own Gotham. Yeah, I mean... Like, Dark Knight, Dark Knight was dope. People always say Dark Knight is arguably the greatest uh, superhero movie. I'm like, fuck superhero movie. That's one of the best movies of all time. Period. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I should have gave you a heads up that I was going to ask you this. <laughs> Give me some time. Yeah, put you on the spot. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Forrest Gump is a is an American classic. Yeah, it you is. You can't sleep on Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest Gump is honestly, anytime Forrest Gump is on, I will watch that. Yep. I'll watch Forrest Gump. Uh that's four. That's four. Damn, let me think. <laughs> I know what you're gonna mm. say. And if you don't say it, you probably mm. just didn't think about it. That's, that's probably right. Probably right. No, then I'm gonna hear your top five. Be like, damn. No, ga- <laughs> I'm gonna give you a hint. No gangster flicks. Oh man, yeah. So, 
I didn't think of the gangster flick. So of course you got to think about um, the Godfather. There it is. Godfather is amazing. Um, Casino is amazing. Goodfellas is amazing. Yeah. Man, honestly, bro, there's the one uh, that's really slept on called Hoodlum that got Lawrence Fishburne and um, and uh, man, what's the name of that dude? Andy Garcia. Got a few people in it, but it's it's about Bumpy Johnson back in Harlem. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that one. No, I know about I know about the movie. I remember it, but I never watched it. It's got Vivica Fox in it. Yeah, bro, it's it's really good. It's really good. You should check that one out too. Right. No. Yeah, man. I I love I love movies, man. I hate to I hate to pick, and I hate to pick, but those are some of the ones that just pop up into my head. No. I'm gonna let you go, and if I think of something, I'll say it. All right. No particular order. Uh. Inter- right. Interstellar, um, classic. Uh, the Departed. Ah, The Departed. For uh, for <laughs> Forrest, Forrest Gump. Uh, Rocky one through four. I'm gonna just put those all mm-hmm. in one movie. I can watch those anytime it's on. Rocky one through four, and then my fifth, I would have to say, I'm talking about just my favorites. Um, it, it's hard, man, because I got so we're both movie buffs. So there's so <laughs> many dope movies that you love, and you don't want to leave. Exactly. You don't want to leave exactly. them off the list. You don't want to leave them off. Yeah, the list. it's like it's like it's like picking between your kids, man. Like, yeah, man, you love them all. You love um, them all. And sometimes you're in different moods. Man, um, I said okay. I said Interstellar, The Departed, Rocky, and I said Forrest Gump. My fifth will be. Um, um, let me say Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas. Mm. Let me throw Goodfellas in there. I got to have a Scorsese film. Got to have a Scorsese film. Well, you, you did say The Departed, so that's a Scorsese film. Oh, you're right. All right, take Goodfellas <laughs> out. Because Departed is not a gangster flick, but it kind of is. It's not it's not an Italian gangster flick. But the story the story, the plot of that movie is so genius. It's so genius. How they have a snitch looking for they have two rats looking for each other. Yeah. You got one rat that yeah. you got one yeah. rat that infiltrated the the uh, police department looking for the rat that infiltrated the the crime mob. It's crazy and they're looking exactly. for each other. Exactly. It's so yeah. genius. So okay, take good fellas out and give me um, damn! I want to say Dark Knight. Ah. I want to say Dark Knight. Hey, 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 Gangs of New York too. That's another. I've never, classic. I've never seen that. Whoa, you never seen Gangs of New never York? Never seen that. Oh man, you gotta check that out, man. Leo DiCaprio, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh man, you gotta. You need to watch that today. <laughs> you know what? Okay, take what, good, what movie? What movie did I just say? I wanted to use. Uh, uh, Dark Knight. Uh, you were about to say. I'm gonna take Dark Knight out. Yeah. Take Dark Knight out. Um, as soon as you said DiCaprio, made me think about all the dope movies he's got. I'm gonna use. Uh, you ever seen Catch Me If You Can with him and Tom Hanks? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen that one. That's, that's a, good though. That's a Spielberg. No, no, no. Okay, that's a Spielberg movie. That's a great one. That's not the one I want to use. Blood Diamond. That's my fifth. Blood, Blood Diamond. Diamond. That movie is so classic. I can't believe it took me that long to think of that. I love that movie. <laughs> oh my god, that movie's so hard. Pause. Yeah, Blood Diamond's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Troy? 
You seen Troy though, bro? I wanted to say Troy so bad, but I could. I can uh, only have five. Duh. Anytime Troy's on, I'm watching it. That movie's like three hours long. Bro, I'm gonna watch Troy. I'm gonna watch Fight Club. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I didn't Fight think Club. about Fight Club. Yes, <laughs> bro. There's so many movies. Yeah, there's a lot Troy, of no Troy, hard, man. Troy, the opening scene of Troy opens up hard. When he comes out there and hard, kills that big hard, man, hard. I was, uh, <laughs> That movie's cold. Yeah, there's a lot of great movies, yeah. man. There's a lot of great ones. It's hard to pick. I should have said top 10. Even then, it's hard. <laughs> Even then, it's hard to do. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I still feel like we're leaving some out. And I know as soon as I get off this phone, I'm like, oh man, no, we're definitely that one. Is that one? We're definitely, we're definitely <laughs> leaving some out because we've done this thousands of times on our group chat. We do this all the time. Exactly. Top five exactly. Uh, superhero movies. Top five uh, villains. Mm-hmm. Top five this. Top five that. So that's why I said is I should have gave you a heads up because when you put somebody on the spot to name five of so many movies, it's hard to do. It's hard. But, All right. I, I'm going to ask you, though. I'm going to ask you a question now. Your, your top five Marvel movies. Uh, we did talk about that in the chat. All right. Well, number one is Dark Knight. All right. Uh, no, Marvel. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, number. Uh, I'm going to put them in order, too. Number one. Um, number one is Infinity War. All right. Endgame's great. But Infinity War has so it was just so they was going at it. Uh Infinity yeah. War and 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 uh, Thanos was a straight up thug, man. He was just a he was. he's a boss. Like Thanos one of those mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. one of those super vill- he's one of those villains that you actually kind of like. Cause cause his motive really wasn't all that bad. It was just mm-hmm. to the extreme. It's like, man, you don't gotta kill everybody, man. You know what I'm saying? But he trying to take up half half, <laughs> half the universe or whatever. But anyways, number I'm going to start from uh, five. All right. Okay, well, now I start where well, I already started. Infinity Wars, number one. Number two, give me... Um, give me Black Panther. Give me Black Panther for two. Mm. Number three. Okay. Number three. It's got to be one of those Iron Mans. Give me Iron Man... Give me Iron Man one, number three. Uh okay. Number four, give me Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, nice. Number five, uh, let's see. Number five, get, see, I didn't like none of those Spider-Man movies, man. Like the the first ones were me Tobey, neither, bro. But Tobey Maguire, I didn't like yeah. none of them. I didn't like them. I didn't believe Tobey Maguire. <laughs> the ones with Andrew Gar, <laughs> the ones with Andrew Garfield are my favorites, but I didn't love any of them. Um, so mm. my number, I did, I did like, I did like, bro. The first Spider-Man movie, all right, Tobey Maguire wasn't great, but, but that spider-man movie came out in 2003 bro now, i think it was People 2000 i think it was 2001 the first one it might have been the first one yeah, was like no, 2001 right. yeah i think you're right and it, bro, and that came out blew my mind at, yeah, at, i never seen nothing like that movie at the time it came out it was a game changer game changer yeah. bro. you and, gotta give it props yeah. hey also speaking about superhero movies blade needs to get his respect too okay no, number, i'm gonna let you finish number five my number, <laughs> number, number number five my number five is blade two the, mm, the second one it's a great one the second one the great i'm glad one. you brought that up i'm glad you brought that up um 
it's funny, man, talking about our favorite top five. Like, there's so many movies that I love. Like, Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Park, man, that changed my life. Classic, bro. Classic. Jurassic Park changed me, my cousin David and Blake. That movie changed our lives. I thought, like, that movie looked like dinosaurs were really, they had, I don't know how Steven Spielberg did that, but when that first scene, when that T-Rex came out, and and Mm. I was like, how the fuck, like, as a kid, you're like, how the hell did they get, that's a real fucking dinosaur. Like, how did they do that? It's crazy. Um, But yeah, man, um, man, this was fun. I'm going to definitely have you on again, because... With you being one of my closest friends, we could talk about a lot of shit, and it can be very entertaining because we do it all the time for free. And and you know, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and next time we do this, we gotta have Steve and Josh on here with us. I just I wanted to get you on this episode by yourself because I wanted to talk to you about your uh, your endeavors with real estate. Yeah, you for sure, man. For yeah. sure. But um, yeah, man, it's a good time, man. We definitely need to do it again, and you know, of course. If y'all, you, you or anybody you know got anything or need anything, got questions with real estate or any way I can help, yeah, happy to do so. For sure. But um, I appreciate you, man. I'm going to let you go. I know you're a busy man, and I got some stuff I got to do, too. So I appreciate you being on the Don't Make No Sense podcast. We doing big things over here. <laughs> and uh, I'm going I'm to just keep trying to keep this thing going. I, I plan on having this come out every every week on a certain day. But I haven't really gotten to that point yet because I'm still trying to get everything in motion. But so far, so good. This is my fourth episode, and I'm trying to keep it going. Uh, keep it up, man. Keep it up. The podcast sounds great, bro. I love it. Thanks. Uh, tell the missus I said what's up. And uh, give, do. give the kids a hug for me. And I will talk to you later, man. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Peace. All right. back don't make no sense podcast that was my homie uh muhammad abdul rockman i really appreciate him coming on it was a great conversation man he's he he genuinely really is one of my best friends i've known him i started working at t-mobile back in 09 and he was my supervisor he's actually the one that hired me he interviewed me and everything and we've been friends ever since real good dude um i just want to tell everybody uh to just, you know, have a good holiday season. I know I, I'm going to be back before Christmas and stuff comes, but I just want to let everybody know, have a good holiday season. Thanksgiving is coming up this week. If you're doing any traveling, everybody be safe. Um, everybody, and uh, 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 everybody take the time to cherish what you have right now and stop worrying about what you want. Cherish what you have right now with your family and your kids. It could always be worse. It could get better, but it could always be always be worse. Trust me. And if, when you have bad days, understand there's somebody out there that's having a worse day. So just don't take things for granted. You never know when your last day on earth is going to be. You never know when the last day of your parents is going to be. You just never know. So take every day. Don't take no days for granted. Just, you know, um, I'm going to tell everybody I appreciate you listening. I'm going to give a couple shout outs. I want to shout out to my, my, my cousin, uh, David. Uh, he got a new baby girl, him and his him and his uh him and the missus they got a baby girl 
I want to tell them uh, what's up, Serena. I see y'all. Y'all doing great things. I love you guys. Uh, you got a beautiful family. Um, I wanted to say shout out to my big sister, Erica, her and her family, her and Steve, and my nephews and my nephew and niece. I wanted to say thanks for the support they give me on a daily basis. She's one of my best friends also. I know she's my sister, but she can still be my best friend. Uh, shout out to my brother, uh, Chris, Chris Walls. Love him to death. Shout out to my Millennial Productions team, uh, John Hickerson, LaVon Carter. Shout out to Dream Chasers. Shout out to Kentucky Gunner Party, West Fair, Jared Posey. Shout out to Good Shots, uh, Charles Goodman. Shout out to... Just shout out to everybody, man. If you're listening to this podcast, shout out to you. I appreciate you. I love you. I'm out. Peace.